Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. Well, I've been amazed by different things. At points, it's things that are so simple. Uh, a simple thing like our dog, Abby, doing a few tricks. And sometimes even just with the, with the motion of a hand, the dog being able to do something, it's amazing to me. It's like, you're such a smart little dog. God's creation is just so amazing. Such, and just going like this and the dog rolling over. Going like this and sit up and say please. And just without anything, there's an amazement. I don't know about you, but it doesn't take much. Are you, are you easily amazed? I, I'm, I'm easily amazed. I'm e easily touched. I don't know about you. Have you ever cried over a commercial? A touching commercial I, I oftentimes uh, I'll uh, I have to turn my head because uh, there's a tear welling up in my eye and I I, I just well, I, I don't want anybody to see hey a grown man crying you've seen me cry I'm, I'm easily amazed I'm touched by different things of the wonders of God I just, even as I'm speaking now, I, I can remember the road to Hannah on one of the islands of the Hawaiian, Hawaii and the, the islands there. There's a road to Hannah, the, a, a place called Hannah, and it takes about three hours to get there. It's not a very long road, but there's literally, I think there's 300 different curves and we're talking hairpin curves along this, this coastline, this ridge uh, on the road to Hannah. And the sights that are there along the way is just amazing. I'm amazed. We were amazed years ago when we went uh, with my parents. And it was like, wow. God's, this is a, our, a fallen earth, and it is so amazing. Uh, yet, when we see the beauty of God's hand and this is a fallen earth. Can you imagine what, what uh, the Garden of Eden was like before sin? An amazing garden. There's also things of action that amaze me. And sometimes it's, it's just a, a helping hand, somebody doing something to help somebody else. Brother Peter, a few weeks, a week and a half ago, we did a move. And it took us about twice as long. Didn't expect to take as long as it did. I was amazed. Uh, you look young, brother. And uh, yet, uh, when I, anybody would ask your age, say, what? Say, what? And I'm amazed by somebody saying, hey, I want to help somebody else out. And there's a sacrifice made. A sacrifice made to help out somebody. Just and sometimes just a little thing, or it's maybe it's a little bit bigger. It's a sacrifice on our part to do that work. I'm amazed. You know what? I want you to turn to Psalm 22, and today, um, I want you to be amazed at what our Lord and Savior Jesus did. Jesus what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago. 
And I, oftentimes on Resurrection Sunday, we, we speak of the, the resurrection that, has, that would take place and has taken place 2,000 years ago. But even as I was uh, preparing for this, there was this thing of, of, of going into his work to be amazed to the extent of there being something that would be done on our part. That we would be so amazed at who Jesus is and what he did for us. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God of all creation, the Lamb of God that was slain for us, the King dying for his creation. That we would be amazed and say, Lord, what can I do for you? To be amazed to the point of, Lord, I need to do something. I want to do something. What can I do for you? And in this psalm, I just want you to recognize how amazing this psalm is. And just a little bit of, of, of background here. Many of the psalms, they're, they're songs. Many of them were written by David, King David. And I'm sure that many of them were written while he was still a shepherd, before he was even a king. And were inspired by God. And one of the most brutal passages that you can read is Psalm 22. I want you to know that David lived about 1000 BC. This is a thousand years before Jesus even walked on this planet, before he, he came, he was born. And he, he walked, he ministered, and he went to the cross and he died. This psalm was written. Think about it. Think about it. Let, just, let that sink in. This was written a thousand years before Christ, about 3,000 years ago. This song was written. And you know what? It is probably the most brutal of all the psalms that you can read. The beautiful thing about the psalms is this. I don't think there's any two psalms. In fact, I, I haven't come across two psalms in a row that are negative. Either by the end of, the, uh, of a negative psalm, that would start off negative, there is a turning to the Lord and there is an ending that is positive, even in this psalm. And as brutal as Psalm 22 is, there is a powerful thing that, that has taken place that you would be amazed. You say, Lord, what can I do? What can I do today? What can I do as we come to the end of the, the, the race? As we come to the end of the journey here before the Lord returns, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon and we need to be ready for his coming. And not just us, but those that are with us. So if you have your Bibles with, uh, with you, Psalm 22 from verse 1, it says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Let me say, well, that sounds like somebody's in a desperate place. And as we go through this chapter, we recognize that a thousand years before it took place, there was an account given 
of not just what Jesus went through, but how he actually felt when he was hanging on the cross. How he felt while he was hanging on the cross. And already there's a plea, there's a statement being made here. God, why have you forsaken me? In Matthew 27, verse 45 and 46, it says, and this is Matthew's account of the crucifixion. And as Jesus is hanging on the cross, he says, now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour. You might say, what time is that? If you start at 6 o'clock in the morning, our clock time, six, the sixth hour would be at 12 o'clock. The ninth hour would be at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So from the sixth hour, 12 o'clock, until the ninth hour, 3 o'clock, there was darkness over all the land. It became dark like night. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. And I'm sure my brother could say that in a much better form than I do. But here, this is actually Aramaic. That is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The same words that Jesus cries out as your sin and my sin are placed on him. God turns, God the Father turns and he cannot bear to look at his son who has become this sin offering or the, the made the sin offering for us, a lamb of God, all the sins placed on him, just like the Old Testament, as, the, as there would be a sin offering given, or the burnt offering, the trespass offering, there's a confession with this, the sin offering, the sins that we don't even know we've committed as we place our hand on that, that lamb, that sacrifice, and we confess Lord, I, I'm, I'm confessing to you the sins that I have not, I don't even know that I've committed. That's what the sin offering was. The trespass offering was for the sins that we, that person knew they had committed. There's, and, and the sacrifice was made, the, even as the, 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 the sins were confessed, the priest took the knife and he slit the, the, the animal's throat. I know it's gruesome, but there was a vivid picture of a, a, an innocent lamb giving its life for the, the sinner. And here Jesus now, the Lamb of God, all the sins of mankind, past, present at his time and future, which would be our sins, placed on him. You might say, how is that even possible? We weren't even born. God is without time, is outside of time. All the sins of mankind were placed on him. And at that moment in time, there was a forsaking of the father of his son. You might say, did God the father not love his son? You better believe he did. And he loved us. And for three hours, Jesus hung on the cross on his own. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, it says, For he made him, the Father made his Son, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. In other words, a sin offering for us, even as the sins are placed on him, that we might become the righteousness of God and him as we believe. You would be amazed at this time at, the, at what the Lord did for us and the accuracy of what was written a thousand years before it actually happened 
And here the word of God is already being prophesied of what would come in Jesus Christ. Oh my God, verse 2, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear, and in the night season and am not silent, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. That verse 3 is the closest one we get to that he inhabits the praises of his people. Right there is verse 3. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you, they trusted, and you delivered them. They cried to you and, and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. And we can trust in the Lord as well. But during those three hours, Jesus was alone. We don't ever have to be alone as a child of God. We may be alone, nobody else around us, but the Lord is with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. I say, thank you, Lord. I'm amazed at your love for me. I'm amazed at who you are. I'm amazed at what you did for me. I'm amazed that all this was foretold a thousand years before. Truly, God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm amazed at what happened to Jesus that he was rejected. That he was rejected by man. In verse 6 it says, but I am a worm. This is, this is basically Jesus speaking of himself. It says, but I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. It's a, a phrase of mocking. They shake their head saying, he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. This is the actions of those that would be at the cross. And those actions even to this day, oftentimes there are those that would ridicule, ridicule Jesus Christ. They would use his name in vain. Maybe you are one that used Jesus' name in vain. Lord, forgive us. But even as he hung and he said, hey, he, he is God, it says in Matthew 27, verse 38, then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and another on the left. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking with the scribes and elders said, he saved others, himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. This is exactly what was spoken a thousand years earlier. They cried to you and, and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. And in verse 8, this is what the Lord would say, we can trust in the Lord, but here they are now mocking. He trusted in the Lord, let him rescue him, let him deliver him, see, since he delights in him. Ridiculing, blaspheming, shaking their heads. A thousand years before, can you imagine if somebody could foretell the details of your final moments on this planet? You say, man, if somebody could tell me how I, I might die, I would believe. I'd believe them. 
Mind you, we, we don't know until you actually die. Everything that was prophesied of the Lord came to pass. Hallelujah. I'm amazed at him becoming man. In verse 9, it says, But you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breasts. I was cast upon you from birth. From my mother's womb you have been made, or you have been my God. In Luke 1, 30 and 30 to 33, it says, Then the angel said to her, to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. We see Mary being told, You will have a son he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign forever. There will be no end to his kingdom. In Matthew 1, verse 20, in a dream, the angel appeared to Joseph. It says, while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do, you, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The King of kings and Lord of lords became man. Can you imagine a totally helpless infant, totally dependent on Mary and Joseph. King of kings and Lord of lords. Emmanuel, God with us. His presence here on earth. And here, a thousand years before, it says, but you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breasts. I was cast upon you from birth. From my mother's womb you have been my God. I'm amazed that the Lord Jesus would come to us, become man, to know that he is a high priest, that he would know how you feel, how we feel, the things we go through, the temptations that we have. He experienced temptation as well, and yet without sin. He experienced things that we experience. He was fully man. He was fully God. I'm amazed at his strength, even when he was alone. It says in verse 11, Psalm 22, 11, Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. In Matthew 26, we find, as the prophets, it says, But all this was done, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. He was all alone. And verse 12 says, But many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. And I'll tell you right now, that was one thing in the natural. It was one thing in the natural as man came against Jesus. But it's another thing in the supernatural as all the hordes of Satan and, and Satan himself there, looking forward to this moment. He was alone. He's surrounded. He was alone when he was taken. He was alone when he was brought before the Sanhedrin. He was alone 
when he was brought before Pilate. He was alone when he was scourged. He was alone when he was mocked by the soldiers. He was alone when they put a crown of thorns on his head and beat it on his head. He was alone when he carried the cross until he could carry it no more. And even as the blood was oozing from him, even as he was getting weaker and weaker, and even as he fell, he was alone. He was alone when they placed him upon that cross. When they laid him on the, on the cross, he did not resist. He did not fight. He willingly laid down his life for us. I am amazed that he would do that for us. The strength, even when he was all alone. He was alone when the nails pierced his hands and his feet. He was alone when he hung between heaven and earth. He was alone when he took your sin and my sin upon himself. He was alone when he died. In the spiritual realm, especially when the sin of all mankind was put upon him, now, I don't know if you've ever seen the passion of the Christ, but we don't get the spiritual aspect. We see a lot of the physical things that were done to, to Jesus and that vivid portrayal of Jesus as he was led to his death and as he would die for us. We see the physical aspect. We don't realize the spiritual aspect. Your sin and my sin upon him, on him. And for those three hours, he's alone on the cross suffering look at what it says in verse 14 psalm 22 14 it says i am poured out like water so the the lick there was the blood was flowing the blood was flowing the a, a terrible sight and all my bones are out of joint as he hung on the cross as he's pushing himself up on the nails and trying to hold himself up on the cross my heart is like wax it has melted within me as he's trying to catch his breath as he's pushing himself up just to try to catch a breath amazing thing is even as it talks about his his hands and his feet being pierced crucifixion was many hundreds of years from even being a form of, of death or torture and death. It was probably one of the, it is probably the most excruciating things a person can experience and the suffering. Sometimes people, they, 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 it take them days to die. With Jesus, it took only six hours. And I bet, I, I believe that it was not just the physical aspect it was the spiritual weight and the sin that was upon him your sin and my sin upon him i'm amazed at his suffering for us my strength is dried up like potsherd and my tongue clings to my jaws you have brought me to the dust of death for dogs have surrounded me refers to the gentiles that carried out the crucifixion the congregation of the wicked has enclosed me it refers to the scribes, the priests, the, the Pharisees, the religious that were around Jesus. It refers to all of us that were, that were without Jesus as our sins were put upon him. We were sinners. 
yet he died for us. They pierced my hands and my feet. Once again, a thousand years before it happened, this form of death was not known in David's time. To die by crucifixion. They pierced my hands and my feet. And here God, God is indicating, he says, I just want you to know, I love you so much that I would be willing to die for you. I love you so much that I would be willing to die for you. In verse 17 and 18, <clears throat> I'm amazed. I don't know about you. Have you ever experienced shame? Have you ever experienced shame? I think we've all been in a position of shame. It's like, oh my goodness. I've been found out and everybody knows and there's a shame upon us. Can I just say something? It says in verse 17 and 18, I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots. They look and stare at me. You know what? Often as we see portrayal of Jesus hanging on the cross, there's always a covering. I want you to know this morning that when Jesus hung on the cross, he was naked. He was naked. He was exposed. That is what our Lord and Savior, we're talking to King of kings and Lord of lords. The one that created us. The maker of all the universe. Hanging on the cross, totally exposed. Our sin, my sin upon him. I say, Lord, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. You went through this for me. You suffered for me. You were shamed for me. That should be upon me. I'll tell you, we think about just the worst thing that we've ever done in our lives. We say, we pray to God. I, I pray that God that nobody would find out about this. I'm telling you, the Lord, all our shame, all our guilt was put upon Jesus Christ, and he took it for us because he loves you. I just want those that are, if you could get the video ready in just a moment. I'm amazed at the battle that was fought for me. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. There's a battle that was going on. And even in Jesus' death, even as Jesus would say his last words, it is finished. We read of this in John chapter 19, I think it's verse 30. It talks about the fact that when he said it is finished, we're, we're talking here, this word tilio, and the Greek is a legal term. That everything, it's a court term. It's a term that states 
that as we would come to court, that everything is taken care of for us. That somebody has paid the price for it. When he said it is finished, all our sins that were on him, he paid for every single one of them, past, present, and future. You might say, even future? As long as your faith continues in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. When your faith goes off of Jesus Christ and him crucified for your sin, and it comes back on yourself, your own righteousness, or your own disciplines and what you can do and how good a person you are, you are finished. It is by his finished work, not our work, his finished good, his finished work. We are not good enough. There was a battle that took place, and there was a victory that took place. About a month ago, I like I love technology. We went to visit a sister in the church that because of health has not been in church now for a long, long time. And while we were there, she said, Hey, can we set up? I want to if you can meet my cousin Jared. Now some of you may know Jared by name because you've been praying for Jared. Jared is thirty three years of age. This young man, 33 years of age, has suffered. He's spent most of his life in the hospital. From the time that he was born, right, right until today, he has spent most of his life fighting for his life. The suffering that he went through physically, the mental and emotional stuff as we, we spent time with him, Pastor Nathan and I, we spent time with him over, uh, I don't know, Facebook or FaceTime, sorry, FaceTime, I believe. And so we were able to meet for the first time because we've been praying for Jared over the years. And for the first time we were able, I was able to, to see the one that I was praying for. But the amazing thing about this and his cousin Brenda would say you know what Jared is so often mostly so positive has been a blessing all the times that he was like sick kids or in the hospital or whatever he was always a blessing to others to those that he, that were around him and I came to find out that Jared was a very creative individual and had written hundreds of poems. And so today, I'm going to have Jared, and I hope it works out. If, we, if not, then I'm going to read. But are you guys ready? We're ready? I'm going to have Jared. You're going to meet Jared. He's got an eye patch because he was born without one eye. He only has one eye. He was born without an eye. Just last few weeks ago, they had to do some surgery, or they were going to do surgery for a prosthesis. But here's one, even as we spent time together to, to encourage, 
to a certain extent, but there was an encouragement that I received from Jared. And so Jared, if you're watching the, the uh, service today, I want to thank you, brother. I want to thank you for the encouragement that you were to myself, and I know you were to Nathan, Pastor Nathan, to be a person to say, you know what, even in the suffering, I want to continue to serve the Lord. And so this, these two that I would, it might be a little bit blurry, but I want you to listen to the words, and it's about a battle. And so there's two, two different uh, uh, poems. And so, yes, if you could go ahead, if you need to turn the lights off, I don't know if we might be good. My name is Jared Sadler. You have been praying for me for quite some time, and I am very thankful for all your prayers and your, your love to God for me. Let's not forget that this time of year is because of what it is all for. Without this time of year, we would have no salvation, and everybody got salvation because of what Christ did this day. I'm going to read two poems to you today. Uh, the first is called Kings No More. All the kings were there that day in the battle to be heated. No one of them had the thought that they would be defeated. Evil came from east to west with weapons every style. The strangest thing about him, he did battle with a smile. Turning to retreat, everyone scared to their joint. Nobody saw the shepherd out front taking point. What a horrible battle, that I couldn't see, but I sure did know, because he told St. Peter, where I'm going, you can't go. Finally they stood up, in confusion they didn't know, all they could keep asking was where did the darkness go? They stood in awe for three days, but upon their feet they leap, when what did they see returning, except one flawless sheep? Every one of them felt guilty to the core, taking their crowns from off their heads. They were kings no more. And the second one I read to you today is called The Dragon Versus Dove. The garden there was quiet. He asked them to please watch. What a simple, easy task that even they did botch. He saw the battle coming in the darkness all-consuming, with his weapons at the ready the dragon there was looming. The heaviness he carried with the father he was pleading, but he gave not up his mission. His sweat, we're told, was bleeding. Then the blind soldiers, we'll just call them man, came to place their hands upon him, but the master didn't raise a hand, though he never tried to fight them. And oh, what a battle with words I cannot tell. My king, he gave up everything to spend three days in hell. I can't imagine the battle there as he went into the grave, that every sinner be forgiven, every sinner would be saved. And now you get a free gift too. It is not a hard decision. Just gaze upon the tomb and believe that he is risen. I pondered this one thought a lot, how hate lost to eternal love. Or better yet, how does a dragon feel when he's beaten by a dove? And
Just gaze upon the empty tomb and believe that he is risen. I ponder this one thought a lot, how hate lost to eternal love. Or better yet, how does a dragon feel when he's beaten by a dove? Praise God. Praise God. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, hallelujah, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God not of works lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them what can I do what can we do in the response to what Jesus did for us the, le the next number of verses and I'm going to go through this quickly the next number of verses are for things that we can do. It says in verse 22, Psalm 22, verse 22, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. That we would exalt his name. I'll tell you the thing that is happening right now where the, the government out of health would say, you know what? Do not come together to praise the Lord. You can do that on your own. That in the midst of the assembly, I will praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That we would do that. That when we would come together, we would lift up and exalt the Lord. That we would praise Him. When we are on our own, that we would lift up the Lord and praise Him. But especially as we come together as brothers and sisters in the Lord. You can't do that on your own. You can praise the Lord on your own, but you can't assemble together with the brethren, with the, the sistren, on your own. You can't do it. I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. That we would praise the Lord regardless of COVID or no COVID. We would praise the Lord regardless of restriction or no restriction. That we would exalt the Lord. Hallelujah. I just want to say to the, those of you that are in the, in the gym right now, thank you. You got them going here too with that praise to the Lord. God bless you, folks. Can, we, can I have another hand from that other end? To the Lord. To the Lord. Praise the Lord. Somebody... Uh, the Lord is good. Verse 23, 
You who fear the Lord, praise him. That you would be, that we would be amazed at his majesty. We would be amazed at who he is, King of kings and Lord of lords. There is a day coming, it says, when every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It doesn't matter what position they held. The kings of all the nations will be bowing before God Almighty, before Jesus Christ, because they will see the majesty and glory of God Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we would praise him now. We would submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ now while we have a chance. I thank God what it says in Ephesians, or sorry, in Philippians chapter 2. Talks about the fact that every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. His name is above all names. That we would do that because we have a choice at this point. In Romans... When it speaks of this same passage, it says every knee will bow because that will be the moment that we are before God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as the Lamb of God is presented, we will just drop out of reverence to God Almighty that we would do it now. That we would do it now. Let me read again. I want to read a few verses here. You are... You, from verse 23, you who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All you offspring of Israel. We're talking about glorifying. We're talking about giving the highest esteem and regard. When you glorify, you, you, you take a look at what it is, who it is, and there's an evaluation made. And as you evaluate, you recognize this is of highest esteem. This needs to have the highest esteem. He needs to have the highest esteem because he is above all. And that glorification then comes from the heart in with your evaluation of who Jesus Christ is and what he did for you on the cross. That that evaluation would just bring a glorification and a praise to him. To fear God is to reverence him, to honor him, is to submit to him, is to surrender to him, is to be obedient to him. Lord, that we would do that which you would have us do, that we would submit to your lordship at this time. We can do that, that we would do it willingly because he loved us first. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And in this, God demonstrated his love for us. Hallelujah. For he was not despised nor abhorred. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. What that means is God the Father did not despise nor abhor the affliction or suffering of Jesus Christ on the cross. He didn't say, oh, it was like, this is my son. And it, it just hurt. It's, there was such a thing. I cannot see my son taking the sin of Dave upon himself. The suffering that he went through those three hours spiritually. It was what was planned from the beginning before time began that Jesus would die. Nor has he hidden his face from him, but when he cried to him, he heard. The Lord has heard. The Father heard the Son. My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. I will serve the Lord. I will follow the Lord. I will do what the Lord would have me do. And in the, in the assembly, that there would be a, a praise that goes up to him. Can we praise him at this time in the assembly? Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise and glory and honor. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. I want the worship team to come, if you would. Amazed, that we would be amazed at the power that he has to bring life, and that we would share Jesus with everyone. The poor, verse 26, the poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. It's talking about salvation. It's talking about eternal life. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nation shall worship before you. That it would happen before the great white throne judgment, that there would be a worship of Jesus Christ because he is the one that can bring life, that we would share the gospel of Jesus with others. That we would be amazed because he is sovereign and that we would say, I will serve you. Not only will I submit to you, not only will I exalt your name, not only will I share you with, with every single person, but Lord, I will serve you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him, even he who cannot help or keep himself alive. A posterity will serve him. It will be recounted of the Lord to the next generation. This is what the Lord has done. We will serve him. We would serve him, that every generation would know we serve a mighty God, that we would exalt him in who we are, the things that we do, the way our, our, our thoughts are. We would worship him even with our thoughts, with our emotions, the things that may be hidden from others, that they would bring a, a worship and a glorifying of God. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Lord, we bow to you of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. Every knee shall bow. Every knee. Every creature. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We honor the Father when we recognize the, who Jesus is and what he did for us. We honor the Father as well. This is the most precious thing. What, what the Father had to do and his son dying for mankind is the most important thing to the Father that we would consider what is most important to the Father that would be most important to us as well. Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross for us. Hallelujah. And they will declare, or they will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has done this. That we would be amazed at his love for us. I am his my faith will remain in you. You are the one that is able to make me righteous. Your righteousness upon me. I am forgiven. My sins taken care of past, present, and future. Lord God, that I would not do those things that would be contrary to you, but Lord, that I would be a servant, a slave to righteousness, not to this body, not to this flesh, but to righteousness. He loves you. He's made you alive, and he loves you so much. And I say this even for those that might be here today that have wandered away from him, and you're here this morning, or you're online, you're listening online 
today and you have wandered away from the Lord, the Lord is calling you. You might say, I haven't even come to him yet. The Lord is calling you by name. He's calling you by name. I want to read one more poem from uh, Jared Sadler. It's called The Black Sheep. There I was with the shepherd. More was what I thought I needed. Just needed more. Don't go through the fence, he said, but his words were never heeded. On the other side, so many things did not feed me. I wanted to go back, you see, but my heart was too greedy. Then the beast did appear, surrounding from all sides. I don't blame him one little bit for not coming to my cries. In the night, my tears, they came, the enemy surrounding. A light, it came oh so bright, you could say abounding. I couldn't believe the good shepherd, my soul in darkness sleep, would put his life on the line for one trouble-making sheep. He carried me upon his shoulder. I shouldn't be there, that's a fact. He told me not to worry, just glad to have you back. No one could understand any one sheep he defends. He was so glad to have me back, he couldn't wait to show his friends. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We would be the ambassadors pleading with people to be reconciled to God on Christ's behalf. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In these last days, let us be bold in the power of the Holy Spirit to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those that are dead in trespasses and sin that have no hope. In these last days, don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God to salvation. We would proclaim his goodness. Hallelujah. I just want to pray a prayer. Of, if you're not right before the Lord, that you would be right before the Lord. And you can come to relationship with him. Re Revelations 3.20. And you might be religious. I'll tell you, the church of the Laodiceans, it was their own church. They thought they had it all together, and Jesus was on the outside. In Revelations 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, I will come into him and dine with him have relationship with him, fellowship with him as we open the door of our hearts.
And so what I want to do is just pray a prayer that there would be an opening of the heart, even for those that might be religious. You might be a very religious person. The Jews were religious. They had the law and the prophets, but they needed Jesus, just like we need Jesus. The Gentile, the Greek, they may have it all together with their philosophies and their wisdom. You might be that wise individual. You may be that intellectual. That we would call on Jesus. That you would call on Jesus. In him is salvation. Only in him. In him. So I want to pray a prayer as we pray by faith. We are not saved by our works. We're not saved by the law, but we're saved by the one that fulfilled the law, fulfilled the prophecies. We're saved by Jesus Christ. So if you could pray with me, Jesus, I'm a lost sheep. I've done my own thing. And you are the shepherd. I have sinned. I have been distant from you, but I call on your name, Jesus. I'm amazed that you died for me, that you took all my sins upon yourself. You were buried, but on the third day, you rose again. I believe that. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. I want to have life in you. I want to have life through you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, you're, if you're here today and you've prayed that prayer, let somebody know. Let me know. I'd love to, to pray with you and, and bless you and uh, give some instruction. If you're online, you can email me at pastor at lighthouseniagara.com. I'd like to give you information that you would continue on in the ways of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.